Okay, hi everyone, my name is Abby Yu and I am a sports editor for Eastside. Hi everyone, my name is Alina Zhang and I'm a community editor. Hi everyone, I'm James Kwok and I'm the online editor. Hi, I'm Brielle Lamp and I am an opinions editor for Eastside. Hi, I'm Tomer Goldfinger, I'm the global commentary editor and we're going to be talking about some of your mental health questions. So Abby, why don't you start us off? Yeah, thanks, Tamer. So the first question we have is, what mental health resources are there for students to access? And I know this question has popped up a lot of times throughout the year, and a lot of people don't know about it, but the guidance department does have a website. And if you went through the rest of our package, there is a flyer to the link to that. And I know there are different helplines there as well, and there's just a lot of information there too. All right, do we want to move on to the next question or does anyone have anything else to say? So I know that um, the guidance department at East has been working like a lot. Um, they're actually going to be releasing like a mental health form soon. And it'll basically just like, you can sign up for it. And I think it'll just have a couple of questions, you know, check in on how you're doing. So if you are struggling, there are a lot of resources at East. And of course, there are also outside resources. You can reach out to a trusted adult, but um, yeah. And I think we can move on to the next question. So how should one deal with the pressure, for example, academic or athletic, especially going to such a competitive school? So I think the most important thing is balance. And yeah, like high school is super tough. There are a lot of things going on, but finding at least some sort of work-life balance is crucial for your mental health. So if, you know, you're balancing sports and you're also, you know, taking whatever classes that you chose, I like to organize with a schedule and basically I write out everything that I have to do in the day, you know, whatever homework I have to get done, whatever tests I need to study for. I think having some sort of schedule to stick to is super important and sometimes it does get overwhelming because, you know, we do go to a super competitive school, but it's important to put yourself like in a good headspace, so organizing yourself. Some people are procrastinators, you know, I used to be one too, but with the power of a homework planner, you know, you can, you can help solve that problem a bit. Yeah, talking more on that note about like competitiveness, I can just talk out of personal experience because I'm like very like academically competitive. I found that a very an important and underrated part of the competitiveness is like, the people around you, where I know there are a lot of toxic people who will try to make your grades into a competition. I'm better than you. I'm smarter than you. I'm assuming the same thing happens in sports. But the important thing is surrounding yourself with people who view it as you guys are on the same team. We'll get through this together rather than I'm versing you. Uh, adding on to Tomer, I've been, I'm a junior this year and um, I've been doing sports or I've been part of the, um, the East swimming team for three years and like that toxic environment that Tim was talking about is really important because I feel that the East swimming team is such like a, a wholesome like 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 unit because of like everyone's friends with each other everyone knows each other and despite the fact that we're all from like different clubs and like summer clubs and like different organizations like Wahoos or SJAC we all still come together and we're all still like really friendly with each other. And it's really nice just being a part of a team and adding on to, well, you know, we, um, 
it's important to keep a schedule and like for most sports you have a certain time period when you're going to go to practice or when you're going to go to a meet or a game so just having a designated time and designated time for everything that you're going to do in day, I think it's really important. Yeah, also adding on to what Alina said, I found personally that you also have to think about, yes, it's important to take the classes that are right for you, but it's not always necessary to take every single AP class available to you. Yes, if you're passionate about something, 100% do that, but there's no obligation for you to take the highest level course there is in every single subject, especially if it's something that you're not interested in. I mean, if I'm going to not that everyone has to go to college. If I'm going to go to college um, and I want to, like, I guess, major in um, an English major or something, I'm not going to go and take an AP math class if I'm not interested. So just delegate your classes and spend the time focusing on what's important to you and not what society expects of you or what um, the school or your parents or whoever it is expects from you. Because, I mean, this is, you only get one chance at high school. So yeah, just take take the classes that you're interested in and don't feel like you need to always be taking the highest levels. Yeah, I definitely agree with what all of you guys have said and the points that you guys have made. Um, I think we can move on to our third question or fourth okay. question. Uh, the third question. So third question is, how should you help someone who is suffering from things like anxiety and depression when they come to you with problems and share their experiences? So I think the first thing is, when someone comes to you that when someone comes to you and you know shares their experiences about like anxiety and depression the reason that they're coming to you is because they want someone to to listen to their problems and just someone to talk with and i think that's really the most important thing to do when when someone comes to you like that like just holding a conversation with them talking to them is so incredibly important um i've dealt with some things like i've dealt with anxiety as well and just talking it out and hashing it out with someone is just over a phone call or a text is just so important and i think that just being there is like the most important thing yeah i definitely think it's important to let those feelings out to someone that you definitely trust and like james said i feel like i've also had experiences where other people have told me in cases like that, it's always important to kind of assess the severity of the situation. And it's always important to keep in mind that there are trusted adults that you can tell, even though you may think that like um, your friend may be angry at you for reaching out, always don't be afraid to reach out because that person could be in need for help and you want to get the help that they need. Also, um, I know I've had some people come to me and I've gone to other people. I think one of the first things, in my opinion, that I've learned that you should do is if someone ever comes to you, I think one of the first questions you should ask before they even start speaking is, do you want me to listen to you or do you want my advice on the situation? Because sometimes you might, I know I, I've fallen into this habit, you just kind of want to help someone. You want to give their advice. You want to help them fix whatever problem they're going through. Sometimes people just want someone to listen to them. Of course, if there's something more severe going on, go find someone like a trusted adult. But if they don't want you giving your own advice or if you don't have experience on the topic and you feel that you might not be giving the healthiest advice, just, you know, listen to them. Sometimes people just need to get it out of their system and you just need to kind of be that friend to listen. 
so I think we can go um, on to the next question, which is, what are your thoughts with the normalization of making eating disorder comments? Um, eating disorder can also be referred to as an ED. Um, so I have at least, I mean, more than a couple times at Jerry Hill East and even in middle school, I think it started from what I've been hearing of it. Um, in the cafeteria, I have heard people make comments about it, like, oh, you're not eating something like that, you're anorexic, or why are you eating so much food? Um, what, what are you wanna be fat or something? That's, I mean, I don't really think you can have like, so just throwing things out and I feel like so many people do it too like they'll say oh yeah oh my god I'm I, I just want to kill myself or oh my god like I, I I have so much anxiety right now like I, I can't with it like I can't believe that person did that or whatever unless you're actually suffering it's just it's kind of not only is it kind of minimizing the issue but it's just disrespectful to everyone going through that um and yes we're all learning like everything is a process you need to learn to understand but making comments like that just in my opinion isn't okay and it can be really hurtful even towards the people who aren't suffering from eating disorder like i've never had problems with eating but you know i've known people who have i'm sure everybody might have known someone who has even if they're not aware of it so it can hurt other people as well so you just have to be aware of that and know that other people really are suffering. This isn't just something that happens across the country or across the world. This could literally be happening to your best friend. You might not even know it. So yeah, it shouldn't be normal. I mean, people should be aware of what's going on, but you shouldn't make it into a trend or whatever because- yeah, exactly. Also, like branching off of that, not just with like the eating disorder comments, but I've also heard like, oh my God, I have OCD. And you know, I've never struggled with that, but some of these comments like a lot of people aren't aware of what they're doing so it's important to also educate yourself make sure that the things coming out of your mouth are you know as aware as possible because you know words do like affect people and there are probably a lot more people struggling out there than you're aware of yeah and so to sort of branch off of that into another question that we got is do you think eating disorders are not as capitalized in the realm of mental health in other words, do you think problems such as depression and suicide may outshine eating disorders? And I think that this is like definitely the case because I feel like eating disorders, unlike stuff like, as you mentioned, depression and suicide, stuff like that is not as well understood, I think, by our society. Like, I think a lot of people are still of like the mindset, just eat food or whatever, or like don't eat food or whatever. And I, I think that that causes a lot of people to like not really understand the problem with eating disorders. And so that's also sort of our goal to sort of bring to light um, a lot of these problems. And I think that while right now that may be the case, I think actually our society, especially younger people, that that's rapidly changing and that really each specific uh, issue with mental health is getting a lot more light and people are becoming a lot more understanding of that. So I think on that note, that's pretty good. Yeah, also just to add on to that, like. I feel like people now are starting to recognize that there are other disorders, but they may not necessarily know what they are. Like there's bipolar disorder, there's personality disorders, there's multiple kinds of personality disorders. Um, another thing like people, when you hear of PTSD, I feel like a lot of people associate that with people who have been in the military. Yes, people who have been in the military sometimes go through PTSD. 
you could not have been in the military and have PTSD. So I think that also making yourself aware that not only are there other illnesses and disorders, but what they are in case someone approaches you with them is important as well. And then I feel like our next question kind of relates to what you and um, Tomrid said, Brielle. Do you think there's a hierarchy when it comes to mental health disorders? And I feel like definitely not. And I feel like especially during the pandemic, I've been trying to educate myself more on different mental health disorders and just trying to understand and sort of sympathize towards other people that, like, I'm trying to formulate words, but just always kind of checking with people, knowing that, you know, people have taken COVID in different ways, but I definitely think that every mental health disorder should be brought to our attention and we should all take the time to really educate ourselves on that matter. Yeah, I feel like it's very frustrating because I've seen like just in our school that there are certain mental health disorders that are considered trendy, I'm using air quotes, where it's like, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I have anxiety, this or that. And it's like, you may dealing with you may be dealing with that stuff, but you you being nervous for your test tomorrow doesn't mean that you have anxiety, right? You having a down day doesn't mean that you're depressed, right? It could mean like you could be depressed, right? I'm not saying that you're not, but I, I find that while there's definitely not a hierarchy in like importance, there is a hierarchy in how people view it, and that's something that we're trying to change. Exactly. So going on to the next question. Is the school aware that some very rare teachers are creating an environment where it may be unsafe to talk about mental health? So personally, I've never experienced this. However, I'm sure that, you know, there might be some experiences with that. Um, just going off of that, I've had a couple of teachers who've actually, you know, sent out like just little mental health check-ins, which I think are really sweet and they're kind of needed because some of the questions are just like, is there anything that you'd like me to know this week? You know, like, how are you feeling today? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling bad? Are you feeling like just okay? And so this is an example of where I think teachers are kind of, you know, stepping up and realizing that, you know, COVID has an effect on us and also, you know, mental health does too. And I just really appreciate the teachers that are checking in on us. But if there are like some teachers that are creating an environment like this, then it should obviously be handled. Um, but right now, I'm not really sure like where that is. Yeah, I personally haven't experienced it, but I know some people who have. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, tell, tell someone, whether it's a person in the school or your parent, because your parent can help you out too. It, it's not up to anyone whether it be a teacher or someone else to make you feel like your mental health doesn't matter. Um, also going off of what Alina said, I have had a teacher this year, um, in my opinion, first teacher who actually has reached out um, in terms of checking in on my mental health without just saying, oh yeah, let us know if you can come to us, like in the middle of a lesson. And, you know, they're not really asking, they're just saying it because you know, it's kind of expected. I have had a teacher this year who has actually come to me, um, and it's been one of the few people I felt like I could say something to if I am upset. Um, so I think that was really important. Um, and yeah, I just think that 
if, if someone is making you feel that way, then just tell someone because you can't be going into school every day, seeing this teacher every day and an administrator, whoever it is, because that'll only make it worse. Okay, so uh, moving on to the next question. How do I tell my teachers that I'm mentally ill and therefore have trouble getting work done without it seeming like an excuse? Um, so I've had some teachers, I've had a lot, like for the majority of, of school, I've had like a lot of good teachers and like they've been really open and if I have to talk to them about a problem that I'm having, then they'll, um, you know, they'll be open to it and they'll talk to me about it. But um, I'm presuming that this person is answering, asking this question because they're having, they have a teacher that's maybe a little bit difficult or maybe a teacher that's not like as educated about mental health. So in that case, I would probably talk to um, your guidance counselor and probably maybe an arrange, arrange a meeting or talk to the guidance counselor to tell the, the teacher, maybe because those might be like in a rare instance where the teacher's just not understanding you. But um, I think for most teachers in IDs, you can just talk to after class and just say, hey, I'm having trouble. Um, I hope you understand that I'm going through something right now. And then I think a lot of them, or at least the ones that I have, will understand, will understand your problems. Yeah, I think it's important to remember, at least most teachers, I think are human beings and that if you go up to them and genuinely you're like, I'm struggling with my mental health right now, please either give me an extension, something like that, right? Like that will help sort of ease the burden of your work. They'll be very understanding. I found that because I have siblings in college where that's more normalized. I find that in high school, I, I found myself in this situation and other people where it's like, I don't want to ask for an extension because then I'm just being a baby or something or like something ridiculous like that. But it's genuinely a situation where if that's something that you're struggling with, there's no shame in asking that. It shouldn't be stigmatized. That's just like um, deadlines are, in, at least in school this year, are formatted in a way where the world is normal, but the world isn't normal. And so accommodations like that should be made and should be more readily accepted in a time like this. And again, if not, that's a situation where you can bring in either a note from your guidance counselor, a therapist, something like that, that basically they would have to at that point I think give you an extension uh depending on got like guidance uh moving on to the next question what effects can poor mental health have on your physical health um I know a lot of people uh times people will say well mental health is purely mental and you know physical health is um more important or you know there are more consequences if you get hurt in a soccer game or something um Mental health and physical health are so paired together that a lot of people don't even realize it. I mean, some symptoms of anxiety, you can have chattering teeth, you know, you could have a stutter. Um, you can just, your heart can be, begin um, rapid, rapid, uh, beating rapidly, shortness of breath. Um, I know uh, with an eating disorder, there are a lot of consequences and an eating disorder isn't purely physical. Yes, eating is an action, it's um, physical, but eating disorder can also be based off of mental health. It is a mental health disorder. And obviously that will have um, extreme consequences on your physical health. So there are so many things um, that it can have on you. Stomach issues. Um, there are just a lot, but this all being said, it's not 
like unfixable. There are ways to calm your, yourself down talking to someone. Um, if it is serious and you feel comfortable enough, there is medication you can go to um, with a prescription from your doctor. So, you know, if you have these physical symptoms, it's, it's, it's treatable more than likely. Yep. Okay. So let's, let's try to squeeze in this last one here. Um, what is the best way in dealing with tough, tough situations and how can I improve my mental health? So for me, I found that there are really two steps with improving mental health or dealing with tough situations. The first one is that you should really tell someone, regardless of if it's a trusted adult or a friend or a family member, like having someone to go through that with makes you feel a lot better rather than going through it alone. Because I find this a lot of times, especially with men, because there's this like ridiculous standard that men can't show feelings or whatever. But the moment that you show some of that emotion and let, let go of some of that sort of internalized like stress or whatever that might be and to someone else, you feel a lot better, right? Because when you bottle that in, that's when it can sort of like explode later on. So I find that if you can continuously let that go to someone that you trust and go through it with someone, then you might feel a lot better. And the second thing I found was finding an outlet to express sort of those feelings. So whether that might be something, some form of exercise, you know, like walks, runs, playing basketball, playing sports, whatever, or if it's like painting, uh, meditation is a great way. But there are different outlets that you can use based upon your hobbies, what you enjoy that you can sort of uh, use to alleviate some of some of the problems that you're having with your mental health. And of course, if it gets more serious, then you can start talking about seeing therapists or medication, stuff like that. Uh, just adding on to what Tomer said um, with exercise, I think it's extremely important that people or teenagers, just all of us just have like some extra, some form of exercise, whether it's just like walking outside and enjoying nature. I think that's so important for your physical and more importantly, your mental health because of just it i don't know if i don't know like the exact science behind it but it just for me it just makes it just clears my mind it just makes me feel a lot better especially after like going through like so much homework and like standing in front of a computer screen for like like eight hours it just i don't know for me it just helps a lot so just getting that form of exercise is so incredibly important that um just yeah also, I want to add quickly, because um, I know we're running out of time, I want to add to what um, Tomer said about going to someone and going through it with someone. I also want to make sure that those people, um, if you have a friend coming to you, that you recognize that you need to also take care of your mental health. I know that um, when someone comes to you, you can feel like, oh, they're depending on you, and maybe you're the only person who knows, but don't forget that you have your own things going on as well. Don't take on their issues as well. You're, you're there to help them, but their issues aren't your issues, so focus on yourself as well. Yeah, and to add to that, in terms of improving mental health, mental health is not linear. Like, you're going to have good days, and you're going to have bad days, and there are ways to deal with that, but I think it's important to, you know, get exercise, to surround yourself with the right people, to realize that if you are struggling, to reach out to people, and at East, we have so many resources. You can reach out to guidance. You can reach out to a trusted adult. And most of all, just like learn how to, you know, learn your signs and, you know, realize if you're struggling and reach out to the people that you trust. And I think that really wraps it up. 
Thank you guys for listening and check out the rest of the package. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.